You are listening to Message Rewind from Discovery Church. Hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome to uh, Church Online. Hey, if I have not yet had the privilege to meet you, my name is John. Uh, my wife and I, Vanessa, get this amazing opportunity to lead this community that we call Discovery. And we are so excited that you're hanging out with us this morning. Uh, we are in our second week of a brand new series called Woke. And it's it's kind of like a it's, a, it's a word that we hear a lot these days. And basically what this word means is that, that the idea that our proverbial eyes have been opened to a new way of thinking, right? And and so we, we are looking at a new way to see the world. But before I jump into that, I have a couple of quick things that I want to run by you. First off, if you're viewing this online, welcome. But we are also meeting outdoors. And so if you feel, uh, if you didn't know that and you want to join us, we'll be there, uh, weather permitting, next Sunday at 10 o'clock. Or you can just continue to stream uh, the the service, or worship experience, excuse me, here online. And so if you're viewing from Facebook, what is up, everybody? Make sure you comment below. If you're viewing from YouTube, what's up? If you're viewing from our online platform, hey, just make sure to say hello. We want to engage with you. We have someone who is here live with you um, to, to, to just comment with you, to chat with you during our worship experience uh, together. And so Real quick, a couple links that are going to show up on the bottom or in the comment section uh, is as the um, outreach that we're about to do at the end of October and November. And uh, just an opportunity for us to be the tangible hands and feet of Jesus. And so uh, if you want to be a part or want to learn more about it, go ahead and click that link below. Also, this coming Thursday, 6.30, we are joining, or excuse me, we have our second uh, 180 youth night. And so if you have a middle school, high schooler, and you want them to get engaged with other students around in our county, um, bring them out, 630 Hartwood Church off of Snyder. We're going to feed them. We have a message for them. We have worship. It's going to be a phenomenal opportunity for you. And so uh, we're going to jump into the message, but real quick, uh, or excuse me, we are going to jump into the message, but I want to read our, our foundational uh, series verse this morning. It's found in Romans chapter 13 and verse 1. Here's what it says. Everyone must submit to governing authorities for all authority comes from God and those in positions of authority have been placed there by God. And here, here's the really the premise of our series that we are in. November's around the corner. And if you did not know, uh, in this November, we have elections and and here's what I know about the the results of the elections. There are going to be a group of people who are extremely happy about it. And there's going to be a group of people who are extremely sad about the results. But here's what I, I my goal is, is, is that for the from last week until the end of this month, each week we're going to be looking at a name of God. Because he, here's my hope, as Paul wrote in Romans chapter 13. Uh, my hope is that you and I, that we would get to the place where we don't put our trust and our hope in someone that has been placed in authority. But we want to put our hope and trust in the place or the one that the one that has placed, right? And so it's this idea of learning to re reshift and refocus, no matter the results come November, that our eyes are so fixed on who God is that we, we honor who is an authority, but we place our hope in God. Come on. We honor who's an authority, but we place our hope in God. And so 
Uh, today we are on our second name. Last week the name was Jehovah Nisi, and, and the fir- and this week uh, we're going to be looking in Genesis chapter 17. This is uh, the first time that the name that we're going to be looking at today is is brought up, and here it is, Genesis chapter 17. When Abram was 90 years old, 99 years old, excuse me, the Lord appeared to him, and he said, "I am El Shaddai." Serve me faithfully and live a blameless life. Hey, the second name that we're looking at in this series is this, El Shaddai, El Shaddai. Let's pray. Father, we love you. God, I thank you for uh, what you're doing in our hearts and in our lives. God, I thank you that no matter what happens in November, God, I thank you that you still reign supreme. God, it is you that we put our hope in. It is you that we put our trust in. We love you. Holy Spirit, would you speak to us this morning? We acknowledge you. We welcome you. In Jesus' name. Come on, wherever you're at, say amen. Amen. Um, now, I, I'm going to tell you a story. This is uh, my friend the other the other night sent me to Taco Bell, right? Because I don't eat Taco Bell because, like, it's all about clean eating. That's what we do. Clean eating. I don't do processed food. Uh, and, and, and so my friend sent me to Taco Bell. I was going for a friend. And uh, my friend typically orders a Mexican pizza, a double-decker, a chalupa, and gordita crunch, right? Like, that's what my friend likes to order. And so I, I go there for my friend, and um, and I get there. And and so uh, I order the food. I get to the window, and, and I realize that the amount is more than I can um, more than I had prepared for. And, and so I wanted to pay for with cash rather than a card. And, um, I, and so like I realized I didn't have enough cash. And I'm like, oh man, I don't, I don't have enough cash. And so what I had to do is I had for my friend, uh, I had to, uh, I had to uh, return, or not return, but like I had to cancel two of those tacos. So out of the five tacos that I ordered for my friend, I don't know why I keep doing air quotes, but uh, the, the, out of the four, five tacos I had to order, for my friend, I had to send two of them back. And I remember driving off, paying for those, driving off, and just being like kind of upset, kind of irritated. Like I, I realized that that uh, that I had my food with me. I, I realized uh, like I I was I had my tacos. I didn't have all the tacos that I wanted, but I was mad because I realized that I didn't have enough to pay for everything that I want. Now, let me back up. I had everything that I needed, but I had to leave some things that I wanted. And I was thinking about that and thinking about just like the frustration of, of not having enough or feeling like I didn't have enough. And, and sometimes, man, if we're honest, if I'm honest, that feels a lot like life. Like just there, there are seasons, days, months, years, uh, whatever it is for you, where I feel like, man, I just don't have enough. And here is the tension that lies within the name of God that we're looking at today. El Shaddai. See, El Shaddai. It means El is God and Shaddai. Uh, most theologians believe that it comes from the uh, it comes from from the root word or is derived from the word shad. And that word shad, it means mountain or breast. And, and, and what it really what it's really implying is this idea that when a mother nurses their baby, like everything that the baby needs, 
Everything that the baby needs in order to survive is supplied through the mom, the mother, the nourishment. And so El Shaddai simply means all-sufficient one or Lord God Almighty. And so, so here is the tension of the day because Scripture tells us that God is all-sufficient. And yet there are some times when I feel like he's not enough. I wonder if you can relate to that this morning. Like, like scripture tells us that God is, is all sufficient and that he's all that you need. He's, he's your, like he's everything that you need. And yet there's some moments when we're questioning the tension because we're like, but are you really God? Like sometimes it just feels like he's not enough because there's things in our life that we're lacking or that have been unanswered and, and it just seems like man God are you really El Shaddai all sufficient one now I hope that you're watching this and you're not judging me because I feel like that sometimes I, I begin to to just really sit back and you're like God are you really El Shaddai but I, I find comfort in the fact that Abraham in Scripture, Abraham, the father of many nations, uh, he the, the, there was this tension that was built between him as well and this underlying, underlining idea that God is sufficient. See, we read in Genesis chapter 17 and verse 1, when God introduced uh, himself as El Shaddai, at this time, Abraham was almost a hundred years old. And here, here's what's amazing is that almost 25 years ago, so he's rewinding. We're going back to when he was about 75 years old, 74, 75, 76 years old. And it was, and we read this in Genesis chapter 12, where God says, Abraham, or Abram, excuse me, Abram, I'm, I'm, I'm going to make you a father of many nations. I'm going to make you a great nation. Fast forward from chapter 12 all the way back to chapter 17, about a 25 year span. And God shows up back on the scene with Abraham. And God says, Abraham, Abram, excuse me. I am El Shaddai, to which if I'm Abram, I'm thinking, but are you really? <laughs> See, because here, here's the tension is that there has been a 25 year span when when God said, Abram, you will be a father of many nations. But in order for that to happen, Abram, Abram had to become a father. The only problem with that is his wife wasn't able to have kids. And so when God says, hey, I am all sufficient, remember Abraham, he's like, but I don't have any kids. But here is Abram. God is, is, is showing up on the scene. He's like, Abram, I am making you a father of many nations. And, to, and, and I am El Shaddai. I'm all sufficient. Everything that you need, everything that you need in order to do what I've called you to do is in me. And, and all of a sudden there's this tension because Abram's like, but are you really? Because it's been 25 years since you spoke that over my life and I still don't have a kid through my wife, Sarah. Like, are you really? Because I still am waiting for you to, to, to provide what you said you would provide. Are you really 
all sufficient because it doesn't feel like you are. And as I read this dialogue and tension between Abram Abram and God, I, I can't help but wonder and relate how that sometimes feels like my life story. Like it, how how in scripture, like I, I, I'm supposed to like just 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 like understand that God, you are enough. But then life happens, and there's times and opportunities when when it feels like that isn't the case. I wonder if you can relate to that this morning this feeling of this tension between what Scripture says of how God introduces himself as all-sufficient and to where you're at in your situation where you're like, but are you really? Like, am I missing something? See, if that's you this morning, I want to encourage you because it's almost as if God knew that there will be moments in our lives when it feels like those two things don't align. Because right after God says, I am El Shaddai, he gives Abram uh, two practical instructions that, that can help him through these moments when it feels like God is not sufficient for my needs. Newsflash, if you end up uh, if you end up scrolling away or logging off before the end of this message, I want you to know that God is sufficient for everything that you need. He is all sufficient. And so uh, God says, when Abraham was 90, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am El Shaddai. And then he said, serve me faithfully and live a blameless life. So here are the two uh, practical instructions that God gives Abram. Uh, and, and that I think is, is for us as well. When we feel like, like God, like we're, we're questioning whether or not God is truly sufficient for everything that we need. Here's the first one. We need to learn to remain faithful. We need to learn to remain faithful. He says, uh, he says to Abraham, he says to Abram, be faithful, which is kind of like a, I read it as a slap in the face because for 25 years, Abram has been faithful to the word of God. He's been faithful to what God had spoken to him 25 years ago in chapter 12. And yet God is telling him to be faithful. And I begin thinking about that. Like, God, why would you say that? Why would you tell Abram to be faithful when clearly he has a track record of being faithful? And here's the reason why I think that it's important that, that, that God reminded Abram to be faithful. is because God understands that in each one of our hearts, we easily place an expiration date on God. See, have you, have you ever done that? Like this, God, if you don't do this by then, then I'm done. God, if you don't show up in, uh, by this time, I'm done. And God, it's as if he understands that like we, we like in our imperfections of a human, like we, we set these parameters, these expiration dates 
That if God doesn't show up or God doesn't do this or do that by this time, then we then then, then something's wrong. We we feel like something is off, and and God's addressing that because we we don't know this. I don't know this for a fact, but but what if Abram was on the verge of giving up? What if Abram was on the verge of throwing it all away, saying this is not worth it? I'm done. I can't do this anymore. And God says to Abram, be faithful. Be faithful. See, God's establishing this idea that faith is the seed. But faithfulness is what is needed to see the seed come to pass. I'll say that again. Faith is the seed. But faithfulness is what is necessary, is what is needed to see it come to pass. Listen, I need to not just have faith, but I need to learn to remain faithful. I can't just have faith, but I need to have strength to be faithful so that I can keep going. I think a lot of the times we have faith, we're just not faithful. Faithful Faithfulness requires us to keep moving, to keep pressing forward, no matter what we see or what we don't see. I need to learn to remain faithful. Hey, I'm talking to someone this morning. You feel like you're about to give up because you're like, man, God does not seem all sufficient. God does not seem like all should die. I want to tell you if that's you this morning that remain faithful. Remain faithful. Remain faithful in the moments that you see his hand and the moments that you feel like you can't see his hand. Remain faithful. Don't give up. Keep moving, keep pressing, keep going. Amen, somebody. So we're looking at two practical instructions that God gave Abram when he felt like, when you and I, when we feel like this, 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 when we were tempted to believe that God is not sufficient, when God, when we're tempted to believe that God is not El Shaddai, all sufficient one. Two things, two instructions that we have to continue to remind ourselves. The first one is this, that we have to remain faithful. And the second one is this, God says that we would live a blameless life so that we would live blameless. In our attempt to remain faithful, there will always be times that you and I will be tempted to ask the question, is God sufficient all throughout life there will be times when you and I will will battle that question will be tempted to ask that question is God sufficient and here's the scary part is that when we ask that question and when it doesn't seem like he is sufficient our tendency or my tendency is to be like, okay, fine, I will take it from here, God. Just go. I got this. Right? Like when, when God seems like he's not sufficient, when, when God seems like he, he's not going to do what he said he would do, it's very easy for us to step in the way and to, to try to make things work. 
But here's what I want us to remember is that when I choose to stand in the way, when I choose to, to step in and to, to try to take over the situation, when I begin to think that God is not sufficient, but then I think that I can make it work and I step in, here's what I want us to know is that the moment I do that, the moment... The, the moment I do that is the moment I begin to change the hierarchy of authority in my life. See, all of a sudden my psyche becomes all sufficient as if I'm sufficient enough for what I need. So all of a sudden when I do that, I, I begin to believe in my psyche, in my mind that, okay, John, if God can't be all sufficient, then you can be all sufficient. And I try to do that. And, and here's, because it seems harmless at first. It just seems like we're helping God out. It seems like, oh, well, you know, we just, we're just trying to help out. But really what we're doing, watch this, and this is crazy. What we're doing is when I when I do this, it's an act of idolatry. It's an act of idolatry because all of a sudden I, I'm putting myself in the position, in the place that only God was supposed to be at. All of a sudden I I become the answer in the uh, to to my problems. All of a sudden, I, I try to become the sufficient one, and all of a sudden, the hierarchy of authority in my life becomes shifted because it's no longer God, but it's me. And I have to learn that in these moments that I have to live a blameless life. This idea of learning that, that the authority of who God is is not in me, but it is in God. It is in El Shaddai, all-sufficient, almighty God. See, this morning... My hope is as you go throughout life, as, as you go throughout the highs and lows of life, my heart is that you and I, that we would be able to get to that place where, where we can just trust and believe that God is sufficient that we don't look to ourselves, that we don't look to a party, we don't look to a president, we don't look to a person as the sufficient, the one that provides, the one that is all sufficient, but we would turn our eyes and understand that God, it is in you that is that lies everything that I need. God, that you are sufficient for me. As we close this morning, I want to end with a letter that the Apostle Paul wrote in Philippians chapter 4 and verse 19. He writes this, And this same God who takes care of me, watch this, this is what I'm speaking over your life, will supply all of your needs from those glorious riches which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. 
God is all sufficient. He, he will supply all of our needs. Maybe not every single want, but scripture says he will provide all of our needs. Why? Because he is El Shaddai, all sufficient. Everything that you need in life is found in God. Thank you for listening to Message Rewind. Come back every Monday night at 5 p.m. to hear the latest message from Discovery Church.